welcome to Spiritual Debriefing, everybody. As you can tell, this is not Daniel starting us off again. He has got some teacher stuff he's dealing with tonight. This is Ray starting us off. Uh, thanks for joining us. To my left, as always. I'm Randy. Oh, hey. Hey, Randy. Randy. Howdy, folks. And to my left, we got... Wyatt. Oh, got Wyatt back Wyatt. again. Wow. What's up, Wyatt? And to my left is... I'm Jed. Hello. Hey, hey Jed. Hey, guys. And uh, we got a special guest. Go ahead, Jed. Oh, go right ahead there, <laughs> No, go ahead, Jed. It's <laughs> all you, in. Jed. Well, we've got a special guest this week that Derek decided to bring in. Mm-hmm. My better fun. half, Lisa. Yay. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Hi everybody. Lisa. Welcome. Oh, special uh, better half. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm thankful that you guys asked me or at least Derek asked me to be here I appreciate it I'm glad to be here Dorian he checked with us first he yeah. did okay he made sure it, it was okay well, he it checked with us after he asked you but that's yeah. okay <laughs> but you approved right yes, nobody did. objected we didn't did vote you off the island yeah. yes. he did he ask me before he did ask me yeah. you, you before oh that's probably yeah. a good idea but, but yeah. now you have to yeah. pass yeah. it over well, okay. So, and Derek here tonight. No, I'm here. <laughs> yep, Derek's Sorry, here. Boys, He's I missed, back. Yep, missed last podcast. Get a deer? No. All right. But it was beautiful. It is. Oh, man. It Wisconsin is. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But you saw the deer blind I was sitting in. In, yeah. in, in a tent, right? No. what it was? No. <laughs> no, it was a tree house. It was a tree yeah, house. Yeah, I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't call it a tree. And it's not your normal tree house. No. It's no. a house. That's, it was a house. On top of a tree. That's yeah. called deer camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. They play the deer camp songs for you. No, no. no. But, you know, if it got cold, we turned the heater on. All right. You know? Yeah. Nice. That's not no deer blind. No. That's a whole house. Okay, we'll wait till you go up there. I'm taking Wyatt up there in November. Then you know where he's going to want to stay? Yeah, in right. there, in there, because there's sure. gonna be like seven foot of snow. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, didn't you take a nap in a nice full size bed? I did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> watching football. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. I wonder did, why we didn't did, see any deer. I was deer. Like, did you hold the gun? <laughs> they, were all, they were all underneath the deer blind while you were watching football. <laughs> yep. I would guess. But so. I get. I did get to see my Broncos beat the Packers while I was there. All right. All right. That's not really a big feat this year, but that's okay. Hey. The Broncos beat Kansas City. Hey, but hey. Hey, it still did. They the still Chiefs. did it. They did it. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't believe that. Hey, yeah. I mean, the, the Vikings managed to beat the 49ers. I don't know how they did that yeah. either. So you know, even a broken clock is right twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, before we get too deep into it, why don't everybody out there listening please like the podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Even just resharing that post is helpful. Um, because it can help the algorithms pick it up and start sharing around too. Leave us a comment. Tell us how much you like us or don't like us. Uh, give us some things to talk about if you guys want to hear us talk about something. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can find us on all the social media sites. And if you want to get a hold of us, just reach out to us at contact at spiritual debriefing or Ray at spiritual debriefing. Those will both come to the same spot and we'll have the group talk about it. Well, without further ado, what did you want to talk about tonight, Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I invited Lisa onto this podcast. Um, we had a, a former employee commit suicide last week. Oh, wow. And so, you know, every time that happens, it always hits home, right? Because you always look back and be like, what could I have done different? Could I have done anything different? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, Lisa 
specializes kind of in that. So that's why I kind of wanted her to come on the podcast. If you don't mind just telling a little bit what you do and then we can go from there. Yeah. Well, um, so, you know, suicide is definitely one of those hard subjects and definitely something that I'm too familiar with. Um, I am currently a uh, mental health nurse at the J Oklahoma VA clinic. Um, working with our veterans and trying to help them with all their mental health needs. And so um, suicide is definitely something that has occurred, you know, in our small community a a lot. Um, Unfortunately, in the veteran community, it's, um, you know, they say it's 22 a day. I don't know if those statistics are exactly right, but. um, Is that 22 a day in your area? No, that's 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 nationwide. nationwide. 22 a day, 22 veterans per day um, Mm. take their life. Um, and so, you know, and then if you think about that, though, on top of that, how many more people are taking their life? I'm um, not just veterans. And so, you know, mental health care is, um, you know, I definitely love what I do. I've been doing it just about a year now and um, just trying to, um, you know, be there for those um, in, you know, times of need. And so, um, you know, suicide is something that, unfortunately has likely touched all of us in some way or another we've either known someone whether it be close to us or you know worked with someone or a family member or you know and you know to be completely honest uh you know some of us or maybe most of us in this room have thought about it um and so that's one thing that i'm glad that you guys have brought me on here because just the fact that just talking about it and admitting that we've maybe thought about it once or twice or maybe more times. Um, I talk to people every day that that is a suicide is constantly on their mind and constantly um, just an option that they want to to possibly take. And it's, you know, I'm, you know, grateful to be able to stand there and try to, to help them. Um, so just, I don't know. Um, yeah, do you ever feel that when you're dealing with somebody because like just like you know our i'm not going to mention any names but the former our former employee that did that you know we didn't see any signs we didn't see anybody say anything do you feel that you know sometimes that the people that commit suicide a lot uh don't receive the help that they need I think I think there's definitely signs out there um, that we often overlook mm. um, because we um, either are too busy um, or don't want to acknowledge it because it is uncomfortable. Um, it is one of those things that you know you it, when someone is in that place, um, you know, to kind of be there and sit there in that moment with them is difficult. But like, you know, I've I've um, experienced. Uh, you know, suicides, uh, with, uh, our veterans that, you know, one, uh, that I experienced, I was, I was shocked. Um, not completely shocked, but, um, I was, um, just knowing his medical history and things. I was not, um, but it, you know, in the last encounter and everything seemed like it was okay. Um, and I know a lot of times, you know, they say that whenever someone is contemplating suicide, they get to a point where um, they kind of just are at peace with their decision and they will um, not 
make, you know, they won't seem like they're in distress. They won't Mm -hmm. seem because they have made peace um, with that. And they just will go ahead and carry it out. Um, And I I remember that encounter. um, And he seemed like he was at peace and he was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So those things, you know, I can't, of course, I certainly can't, you know, privacy things. But, but, um, you know, I just... It's one of those things. They're, they're signs. You know, people that reach out, you know, we have social media all over the place and we see, you know, people reaching out, um, just problems with family and problems with a breakup. You know, a lot of times a breakup will simulate a lot of things. Um, people that have chronic pain. Chronic pain is a huge um, factor in a lot of suicides. Whenever yeah, because that, That's one I could definitely understand a lot, <clears throat> right? you know, because... You know, unless someone's out there is actually physically dealing with chronic pain, it's one of those things I couldn't even fathom what it's got to be like. You know, right? Because we've all dealt with it for short periods of time, mm-hmm. right? And and just that day, endless, it's never going to stop right. type situation. I just don't know how. I I don't know. Right. Right. And what, I, like, what are what are what are coming some of the signs that we might miss? I mean, because I know recently you just got back from a conference. Mm-hmm. Um that you're excited about because you're learning a lot more about it and <clears throat> you know what are you know like a couple of the signs that we could be aware of i mean i, I really wanted to do this too because you know we have the holidays coming up right. and we know that's tough for right. people too that have maybe lost loved ones mm-hmm. or breakups mm-hmm. i mean there's so much to this that it could you're right it just stimulates that idea right yeah, I mean, anytime anyone has had a major life change um, in a negative way, mm. you know, losing a loved one, whether it be, you know, a spouse, a brother, sister, mother, or father, you know, losing someone that was their foundation in their life um, can often, you know, stimulate the, the downward spiral. Um, also, you know, signs that a person is maybe, you know, contemplating that is, um, increased drinking. If they have an addiction problem, whether it be drinking, um, or drugs of any kind, um, a lot of times, you know, people will start drinking more heavily, you know, um, isolation is huge. You know, if you have a buddy that, um, you know, is, has problems with, um, you know, being depressed a lot, if they're isolating more, not coming around, not being, you know, the normal person that they, that they normally are, that's definitely a sign to like, Hey, I need to take some more time. I need mm-hmm. to, you know, I know he said he was fine, but I'm going to go check on him anyway, or, you know, this or that, or just be like, Hey, Hey, I'm in your driveway. Let's go have some right, dinner right. or something. Um, but, and then people that, like I said, the, the battling, the chronic pain, you know, that is, that is a huge indicator of a possibility of suicide. Um, and whenever that pain gets worse and, and all of the things that they've tried to do doesn't help. Um, and then, you know, you know, Randy was making a little bit of jokes about voices in my head earlier, but unfortunately, um, a lot of, a lot of people, not just veterans, but a lot of people have, um, audible negative voices that they hear on a daily basis. And, um, you know, that can say horrible things to you. I know, I know whenever I was in nursing school, um, we had to sign a piece of paper, like a waiver that said, you know, if we decided to hurt ourselves, it wasn't on the school, but we had to wear these headphones for like two hours at a time that had these horrible voices that were talking to us. 
Um, and they were telling us all these things, you know, you're worthless, you're horrible, you're this, you're that, you should kill yourself, all these horrible things. Wow. That, yeah. But these are reports that people that have, you know, schizophrenia, um, that hear the hallucinations mm-hmm. of the voices and things, that this is, you know, the things that they hear. And so, you know, we went through that part. We had to sign off and say it was okay. And I just remember that, you know, for over two hours, just listening to those horrible things. And I know... You know, for a fact, uh, and unfortunately, this, the time that people, or the age that people are typically um, diagnosed with schizophrenia is usually anywhere from the age of 18 to 22. Um, so that is a very common time for high schoolers to go straight into the military. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert on all of that as far as what, you know, can stimulate schizophrenia, but um, periods of high stress and things like that can definitely um you know, cause that to come on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously military training and war and combat can, you know, make that happen. So, um, yeah, but that's, you know, definitely those signs and just, you know, if you feel it in your gut that something might be wrong, you better, you better make a call in my opinion. Yeah. yeah Cause I, <clears throat> I recently heard a podcast too, that, um, that it was a pastor and it was like two o'clock in the morning and he just walked right up and he says, it's the Holy spirit talking to me. He says, you need to go check on so-and-so he's like, I don't want to, man. You know, it's like, it's two o'clock in the morning. The Holy right. spirit's waking him up going, I, you know, you need to go check on him. So he gets up there to his house and he looks through the window and he has music playing really loud and he sees his buddy sitting in the window in a chair and he goes, wow, he got a haircut. Like, he normally doesn't get a haircut he's clean shaving now that's odd so the same thing kind of happened like the holy spirit walked him up to go in there and he and he prevented from he prevented his friend from committing suicide really because he got in there and there was a gun next to him and 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 we had to and he was ready he was he he said he was done because it was uh because of a divorce right right and i think as as us christians too we have the holy spirit in us now And when that Holy Spirit talks and says, we, we need to listen and we need to act on that because it could be helping somebody else out and not committing suicide. Right. Right. And this is just something too, that, you know, whether you want to go down this rabbit hole or not, or believe it or not, but you know, old, you go into the Bible and the Christians at that time would call all of that demonic. They'd call all that demons working on people. And I don't think they're wrong. I'm not saying that it's d- demonic possession is the 100% the only thing, but from everything we read in here, right? We believe, well, we, we say we believe it all, mm-hmm. but then why do we, every time we hear stuff like that, it's always like, oh, well, that's just, again, I'm not saying mental illness isn't real, mm-hmm. but they immediately go to, it's a mental illness thing, right? And then they, there's no ever talk about prayer. There's no ever talk about has any, you know, can we do something spiritual to help this right. person? Because I do think that Satan, the demons, the devils, they're looking for people like that right. and they will attack people like that, right? Because that's the, that's easy pickings for mm-hmm. them, right? That's exactly what it says the devil is going to do to you is whisper lies in your ear mm-hmm. to tell you you are worthless or you are or this or that, right? And then that's not that's not a, not at all what the Bible says, right? That's why we turn to the Bible and it says in here that God loves every single one of us because he made every single one of us, right? right. He wants every single one of us to, to be with him, to know him, right? So that 
that that's how we talked about just a little bit last night, right? Uh, Romans 8 is where I would recommend you to take anybody who's struggling, anyone listening out there. You can take him to cha- Romans eight. That entire chapter is one of the is like the uh, is who is his name? Uh, I was listening to J. Vernon McGee for people who listen to old Bible pastors, and he's got a great accent. If you really want to listen to an old like nineteen fifties <laughs> pastor with just this great Southern accent and everything, I mean, he is a fantastic pastor to listen to. But he was quoting somebody else, and I can't remember who. Is one of the popular pastors. So I'm sorry, I can't remember. But he calls. He said, you know, the Bible is like our treasure, right? <clears throat> And he, and he said, uh, the New Testament is like the crown of the treasure, right? And then Romans is like the jewel in the crown. And Romans 8 is the sparkle on the mm. jewel of the crown. Because mm. it's all about that God loves us. God, nothing will separate us from God's love, right? We, I talked about that. If you read the, the, the last verse of Romans 8, which actually I probably should have just opened up because it's a darn good verse. Um, it's, it's that whole idea that understanding that we actually are, we're all worth it right? Every single one of it, right? Because if we can convince somebody, as he says in here, right, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Mm -hmm. Lord. And the good news is, is I'm a created thing. I can't separate myself from that, right? Because I know I've I've actually was talking to my uh, friend this morning, um, we were actually going through Romans 8. So I studied it. That was our Bible study we were doing this morning. And he was talking about a friend he has who is in the military in Afghanistan. And one of the things that the uh, tactics was used by the Afghan Taliban was they would take young young children and, of course, put them in the front lines to shoot at the American soldiers, the 14-year-olds, the 12-year-olds, the 10-year-olds. So they had to shoot back at them. And they'd take even younger children and strap bombs to them mm-hmm. and send them at the units, just walking up with, you know, walking up looking like a disheveled little child. And they had or standing orders that they could, you know, you could not let them approach because you didn't know if it was a, what was going to happen. And so they had to shoot kids. Right. I don't know how yes. you don't get messed up by that. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's the thing, you know. And- but God forgives you. Don't Absolutely. forget that. Absolutely. God does not condemn you for that. So if anyone's listening and you're t- struggling with that, you right. have to remember and know that that yeah. is true. God does not tra- t- take anything against you for that. That right. is not your fault. Right. And and the thing of it is with, you know, with military personnel that are put in those situations like you were speaking of, um, whenever you have to take the life of a child, mm. I mean, because we're Americans, our children don't go to the military until they're 18. You know, they, these kids are training from the time they're able to walk. From the hold a gun. From, yeah. Yes, the second they can hold a gun. You know, to be able to fight. And that's their, that's their way of life in that country. And that's not for us. That's not like what we, what we enjoy here. Right. Honestly, we are, mm-hmm. we are incredibly blessed to live in this nation. I don't care how mess up we think it is right now but all I those tell people you what, are insane who think this is yes, not the best this, nation is, on this the is wonderful and but like you know um military soldiers that have gone and killed children um you know that happened in vietnam um i have several oh, yeah. vietnam um veterans that have you know to this day i mean they can still see the child's eyes that they had to kill because mm-hmm. You know, they would have killed them. Exactly. I mean, but that's still your mind. The devil mm-hmm. will play that trick on you. But and, and they call it, you know, the, the VA has been doing a lot more research um, on like moral injury. It's called a moral injury. So a moral injury is something that goes against our um, beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. our core values and our beliefs. And you and you don't have like that affects anybody. You don't have to have a faith in order for that to affect you. Um, just having, you know 
your normal society um, values and you know but whenever you're a Christian and and the guilt and the shame and everything that weighs on you um, and if you're not able to you know have faith in God to see you through that it gets to be a very dark terrible horrible place and you know just being being in those moments with people and they're in in those terrible places I mean I've told you Jed you know I feel like I've (laughs) I've seen evil like it I've looked at evil in my eyes (laughs) and and I'm not meaning but I've also you know um I've also seen the goodness um, in that same certain person. I've seen I've seen both sides, and it's you know like the spiritual side of things. It scares me. It does. I mean, I and I admit that because I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm dealing with so much more than just your run of the mill stuff, right? right. You know, yep. and the spiritual warfare that's going on and and some of some of our veterans minds and and some people contemplating suicide is so heavy Mm -hmm. um and to try to be able to talk to them about their faith uh, i mean you know i'll i'll ask them i'll ask them about their faith and a lot of times you know i've had situations where people you know i don't believe in god anymore god wouldn't allow this to happen and so you know we talked about that last night um at bible study and i was like you know how do i how do i how do i broach that subject and i know we were talking about romans 8 and um, but it's, it's such a difficult place for so many to just, um, you know, be in that place. And I know a lot of, a lot of times, um, outsiders maybe that have had the, have had the privilege to not have suicidal thoughts. They can look in on that and feel like this person is being absolutely selfish. It's absolutely not the case. Nine times out of 10, these people feel like they have such a distorted view of their reality. They get the tunnel vision. They get this point where they feel like my family would be better off without me. I'm such a burden to them. All of these things. They have all of these thoughts that are clouding their judgment, that the devil's just reigning in on them and trying to take them out. And so that is one thing that... I would encourage anyone never to scold someone um, in a in a situation where they're maybe having suicidal thoughts. Don't shame them into saying, "Well, think about what you do to your family." Right. No, that's not that's not constructive. Not to, not helpful. Maybe in that moment, it might get them to change their mind for that moment. But then they're right back to, "Well, I really am a piece of crap because I am thinking these thoughts." So just to be able to, you know, probably uh, to find their purpose. Yeah. Right in life, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that everybody deals with now. Mm-hmm. Is when you talk to these folks and and yeah, and you mean I, I don't know the numbers, but you probably prevented a lot of suicides too by talking to folks. But I think a lot of it is when they find out what their purpose is here, and I think that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, and the, and that's something that's so important when. You know, <clears throat> when we're alone with our thoughts too, uh, when we're alone with our mm-hmm. thoughts and you think about, you know, the things there's, there's some country song that, you know, goes like, you know, thinking about everything that I am or no thinking about all the things that I'm not, but even worse, the things that I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, it's just, 
I shouldn't be cutting quoting country songs on, yeah, on here, right. but, you're good, you're good. but it's like, you know, you, you think of all the things that, you know, I mess up every single day, mm-hmm. every single day. And if I didn't have, you know, God there with me, I had, you know, such a horrible day yesterday. Um, that, I mean, I immediately, like I couldn't do anything, but I stopped to pray. I just, I had to pray. I mean, like while everything was going on around me, but I just was praying. I mean, I was still conversing, but I was praying (laughs) Mm -hmm. because, you know, there was nothing else I could do in that, in those moments. And, um, you know, it just, I don't know. That's, that's that's what God wants though. right? Right. That's what he wants. He wants us to be praying constantly. He wants us to be talking to him and, and you know, that's the, if you're bringing that in, if you're bringing God into those situations and praying for those people and you are doing some good, you are helping, there's no way it's not, you know, and unfortunately there is the whole part that we know that we, that they have to accept, right? They have to be willing to accept it. And some people just won't, they, they, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, they just won't accept it. But that, yeah, that whole losing your value, losing Mm -hmm. your purpose, Right. The one thing that, that is even, even at this point, I don't know what exactly my purpose that God has for me is, but I know he has one. I know he has something that I'm here to do. I know he has, and more than one thing I'm pretty certain. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like it's just a single day that's destined to happen because of that. Right. That's just, that's, that, that's not how it's supposed to be or, or planned out. So, I mean, I, I don't, that has given me so much more hope than I had before for times when things aren't going well or things are difficult. I don't have any, um, uh, doubts. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not ever like, Oh, what are we going to do about this? Or trying to have to figure out tough situations. <laughs> My life is not easy in any way, but I'm never, I've, I'm, I've, I've never had those thoughts anymore right now, like anything like that. And I'm not saying I never contemplate, like actually planned it out or anything like that, but there's definitely been times, you know, where you're just like, Man, it'd just be great if they just we just maybe be done with all this because yeah. it's just just too much, you know. Right. Um, but it's it's so I wish I wish you could just be like, hey, just you know, just turn it on for a second, just see what it's like. Just I know you say, oh, I you know, I, I don't believe or I can't believe anymore or whatever they might say, and I get that, I totally do. Um, I even said stuff like that for a while, and and but just if you could just get him to feel it for a little while just mm-hmm. for just for a half a day right. just to feel what it feels like mm-hmm. to have that to know that god's there to as we say we know that we know that we know well and, and you know for me it's a, it's an overwhelming piece that's a, i mean that's the only only way i can describe it that's the yeah. only way that it makes sense mm-hmm. is even in in all the the hell and the struggles that we've yeah. been through as a family and the things that even y'all don't even know about you know it's just like it's like that's the only that's the only place I can find peace. Yeah. Um, you know, and, he doesn't promise us yeah, easy, right. but he promises us peace. Well, right. and I know, like Jed, you know, <laughs> we have we both have a friend that that you know worries me from time to time. <laughs> whenever I was talking to you, I'd tell you all about like reaching out, you know, t- tell him about you know a little bit about that without telling names, of course. <laughs> and what do you want me to say? Well, no, like, wait, I'm just what? very much like, like I mean, you know, like t- talk about like the long phone calls and oh yeah, two two or three hour phone calls that start at midnight, mm-hmm. end at three or four o'clock in the morning. Little social media post that makes you say, "Better call him here in the next thirty minutes." Right? Yeah. 
and and they are those are bids those are yep. those are Absolutely. those are bids people are looking to they're see looking for mm -hmm. help. they are yep. they're looking for help that's, and, that's a call for help yeah and and you never ever ever want to discount someone who maybe does that all the time maybe somebody is constantly looking for help mm -hmm. but they are desperate they're seeking for some sort of help and you know i had a week of solid three o'clock in the morning yeah two, least, two, two or three hours worth of sleep yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And you know, just I mean, and you recognize that. And mm -hmm. and I'm like and I, and if if I see it before you do, I'm like, "Hey, you probably ought to talk to him." <laughs> and sometimes it wears us out. Absolutely. You know. It does. Um well, I think I talked to you after a week of it and right. It was pretty bad and I was emotionally drained. Mhm. Mm I don't see how you wouldn't be and but, but it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it's it. It's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I know, and unfortunately, the world tries to tell you that you shouldn't. The world tries to tell you that opposite thing, that the world tries us. to tell no, you that, me. yeah, mm -hmm. well, you're wasting our time. You're wasting, he's wasting, they're wasting your time. You should tell them no, like I said, because they're doing it over and over and over again or something like that. But well, and, that's and, one thing that we, we've got to figure out for going to church, for dealing with other people. We've got to take us out of it. Yeah, exactly. It's not me. It's, it's about somebody else always. You've yep. got to take me out of it. Yeah, we went to that men's retreat last weekend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of our purposes is, is to serve others, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to serve others. Absolutely. Get us out of it, right? And that's, that's what right. he said out there. You know, he get said, us out of it. Get us right. out of it, and we need to serve others. It's because the first will be last. Because mm -hmm. the last will be first. It's, if you put yourself first, you will be last. Yep. Just like it says in the Bible, which I say all the time, we have to die to the cross every day mm -hmm. and start over. And the one good thing you brought up earlier is what did he say? In a hundred years, what will matter? Jesus. Jesus. And a hundred years from now, the only thing that matters is Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Wyatt, I got a question for you. What? Um, any of, and I'm not asking you to name names or anything like that, but I mean, you're eighth grade, right? Yes. So like eighth grade i mean do you do you have encounters with friends where they're super sad or have you heard of others you know having trouble with with bad thoughts of suicide and things like that no no that's good that's good that's good that is yeah. good yeah but you know i just you know it's one of those things like you know just try to be more aware and not be so caught up in our own mess you know to mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it feels like, you know, whenever I go to work in the mornings, like I know I have my own troubles and I have my own, my own things that are going on, but I feel like I almost shut that off for a bit because I have to have all my focus on the people sitting in front of me. I mean, I can't, you know, if I'm distracted by the things going on in my life, that takes away, you know, and it's in, in whenever we're, we're talking with our friends, you know, it's like, you know, die to yourself. Like don't, our stuff doesn't matter mm -hmm. and I mean it does I'm not trying to say that but but you know whenever you're in a situation like that just trying to you know be there for the people that are in such a terrible place because I'm telling you you know as experiencing you know in the last year and a half two years um you know I actually had a period of time where um I mean I was suicidal and homicidal honestly and um I was ready to hit somebody and drive off a cliff. That was, you know, um, that was how I felt at that time. Thankfully, 
because of my faith, you know, I was able to pull myself out. Is that of what that. got you out of it? My faith. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and there was a period of time that I had questioned my faith and all of these things, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where the devil tries to get in and, and mess us up and mess up our, our lives and try to turn us, you know, against, you know, doing things for, for God. And, you know, that was, a, that was a hard time and, you know, I'll freely admit that. And I think, and I had never to, to say more of that. I had never had those experiences in my entire life. I had never felt those feelings, had those thoughts in my entire life until about a year and a half, two years ago. And I just, but I think it was preparing me to be able to understand that a little bit mm-hmm. more with and the people that I'm dealing with on a daily basis, you know. Well, I was having a conversation with my cousin, which is a pastor today. I'm back in the hayfield again. Oh. <laughs> I asked her dad what you were doing today. <laughs> he saw me twice. He saw you twice. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I was going around and around. And he said, ooh. I said, oh, or something. He said, I heard the noise change. He said, what happened? I said, Uh, just small problem probably lost a bearing but it wasn't nothing too big i fixed it and then we i called him back and we finished our conversation on some stuff and it happened again (laughs) this time it was kind of major and uh he said something i said well i said the good thing is is with my faith even even these problems, I just smile and go on through them because mm-hmm. there's a reason for all of it. Yeah, <laughs> not for me to understand, but there's a reason. And right? Why worry about it? Why get upset? Because we're not supposed to worry. I know, so, and it's hard. It's a struggle. It is a struggle. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, yep. And then I know for some people too that can cause some issues because if you're like, well, I'm at peace, and they're you know, I mean, it's hard to say you to, to, it to get through to them that you can have this piece too you can it's mm-hmm. not going to come in an instant but it, it right. will come yeah. it will come and and i was just looking at some of the data too that of because of, i'd heard these stats and well one thing too i wanted to mention i heard earlier this is a uh, you can look this up too um you know uh, uh, people love uh was it the golden gate bridge or the maybe the san francisco bridge i can't remember people love jumping off that bridge right because it's a high bridge and people jump off bridges commit suicide all the time uh, but a lot of people survive when they jump off of a, a bridge into water right Mm -hmm. did you know that every single person who survived jumping off of a bridge not a single one of them has tried to commit suicide again Mm -hmm. every single one of them realized they made them said they realized they made a mistake the second they jumped and regretted it the second they jumped what i imagine too like i got told this at my old church by one of our leaders because through my life i've dealt with a lot of suicides all the way to an uncle committing suicide to you know the best man of my wedding to uh, a lady that was on my squad that i worked with for a couple years committing suicide and when she did that you know i was at the the old the old church and he came up to me goes you know here's one thing that i've noticed about people have committed suicide is that if you could if you could bring them back and ask them if they would do it again they would probably say no well and and I know that, you know, one of the things that we pass out um, at the VA are gun locks. And everybody's like, oh, I don't need that. I need my gun for self-defense. Mm-hmm. I need this. I need that. But studies show that in the amount of time it takes to take the gun lock off of your gun, you will change your mind. That's how quick 
Someone yep. makes that decision. Yeah. Yep. And if you have something to slow you down, you know, we always say store your ammunition separately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always, whenever we have someone in that situation, you know, if a family member can keep them safe, lock up medications, you know, those kind of things. Um, and, and store, you know, put your guns at someone else's house. Um, all those kind of things. That's, that's really important. But just, just in the small amount of time it takes, you know, like seven seconds, I believe, or something like that to take that gun lock off, they'll change their mind. They'll, mm-hmm. I mean, and so if you, you know, those kind of things are definitely, um, little preventative yeah. things. Um, but yeah, I've, I've heard that too before <laughs> I heard someone say about that, that, if, you know, one of the things you can always say to somebody who won't listen to the other stuff is, well, can you just give me a day? Let's, can we, can you give me 24 hours? Let's talk tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Just give me one more day. Let's talk. And then the same, you can ask the same thing again tomorrow. Can you give me another day? Is it a, can you, can you just, just try to get through one more day and let's talk yeah, again tomorrow, yeah. you know, cause I, I, as you're right, get, just, just keep getting them to wait. Cause right. again, you will, they, it, it can get better. It can get better. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there's a million things that, that also don't get better, but, um, I don't know. The other thing I was looking at too, just so everybody out there is aware that's the men commit suicide four times the rate of women. Right. Um, and the, the high, actually funny enough, the highest group of men who commit suicide actually look like they're over 85. Apparently men don't like living much no, really? past 85 yeah, I, I percentage another, I, wise, not see, the numbers. Percentage okay, yeah, wise. I, I saw another study too. That the numbers are like 22 and 44. Your middle aged yeah, man commits that's, that's suicide. 50, yeah. yeah. Most of them. It's like 75% of the male suicides are from like 18 to yeah, like 45 or something mm-hmm. like that. Somewhere in there. And, um, but yeah, so just keep an eye out for your for your guy friends for sure. But not right. say women don't commit suicide, but at the yeah. same time, four times the rate. That's that's pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, too, the statistics are heavily skewed towards the, the white population for whatever reason. Right. Just a much higher rate of suicide amongst amongst whites for some reason. I again don't know why. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the rhetoric in today's age might have something to do with that, considering it seems like you know that it's definitely under attack. It's not something. You know, that's it's not good to be white anymore, apparently. <laughs> I mean. yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and while we're talking about all this, and we should have announced this way early, and this probably before you put this out, Ray, I definitely put in, you know, trigger warnings all over the place for people because, you know, not everybody is needs to listen to this tonight. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it could be, be something. And also, you know, the nationwide um, hotline um, crisis line is 988. Um, that's for everybody in the United States. 988 is the crisis line. And then um, if you're a veteran, you'll dial, dial one um, once you get to that crisis line and just, um, you know, just have that information available and just, you know, reach out. Um, and can't you call that for someone else, too, I've heard, right? Yeah, you can absolutely. call it and give absolutely. them somebody else's number and say, please call this person. I need you to call them. Right. I mean, um, it, yeah, there's yep. there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, reach yep. out. Um, I've had, you know, I've had friends of friends call up to the clinic and, hey, you know, uh, they'll just give us a bug in there. Please call. And, you know, even though we can't discuss anything with that friend, I appreciate that. Please, you know, if, yep. you, if you have mm-hmm. a veteran that you're worried about, reach out, um, yep. reach out to the 988 or um, any of the local uh, VA clinics or, you know. Another, another thing I've heard, too, and I don't know if you've heard this, Lisa, but I've heard uh, writing them a letter 
writing them something is because like you don't normally get that right everybody gets texts everybody gets phone calls but if you can take that time to write a message doesn't have to be a long message just a message that says hey i just wanted to write you something Mm -hmm. let you know i'm thinking about you let you know whatever it is you know those type of things can be really powerful and impactful because it's something that you can then for again from what i've heard you can you bring it back it's not like a text message that kind of vanishes into the ether after it's gone it's a physical real thing Oh, I mean, yeah, you think about you, like whenever we receive something handwritten, you know, how much it means to us. And, you know, I, you know, I hold on to my, some of the last cards from my dad, you know, he's passed away and I, you know, those, those are so special. So if you think about, you know, something nice that you can say to someone in writing, absolutely. I think that definitely would be so helpful, but you know, there's, there's so many different things. I know this is kind of a, a sad, sad podcast no but i mean it's a serious one and and that's where we're taking it it's right it is serious and if it can help one person that's That's it that's again as we've always said if one person can be helped that's all that matters yeah and then there's trained professionals out there to help folks and you're one of them and and it takes a lot of training as you you could probably yeah i mean you know i don't i don't know it was always something you know i always thought i wanted to be a flight nurse i wanted to be in the er i wanted to be in the icu and yeah i had little stints you know and in, in all of those places i had a small amount of experience in all those places but mm-hmm. you know and i never ever wanted to do mental health um whenever i was in <laughs> Isn't whenever, that how that works yes whenever whenever i was in nursing school i remember being on the lockdown units and and bit scared you know mm-hmm. but a little i remember you coming home yeah <laughs> yeah and and it's like one of those things and where i'm at right now is in a clinic but i tell you we we have people walking in off the streets that um you know are in dire straits and they need help and and i'm so thankful to be there in those moments i mean I, whenever i was working in primary care um you know, our mental health nurse was out one day and that's what made me like, oh my goodness, this is what I want to do. I had some, I had a crisis could walk in the door and was able to get them the help that they needed. And that was incredibly rewarding for me and felt good in my heart to be able to, to get them the help that they needed and the time that they needed it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to be there in those moments for people, you know, I, I tell, I tell, you know, regular nurses, I'm like, you know, someone who is in crisis in suicide mode, that's just like, a code when somebody's having a heart attack mm-hmm. when you can't get a pulse like you treat it the same way and we do yeah. we absolutely do everything shuts down you know people are left you have to be one-on-one with them you can't leave them you are by their side um to keep them safe i mean that's the main thing is to keep them safe so but you know derek i'm sure like can i can i ask a question sure i mean have you like in all of your experiences as being a cop and being you know in maybe some darker times in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you ever experience any of those thoughts? No, mm-hmm. no, I think, you know, I mean, we could say thoughts of like, man, I wish I wasn't here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but any of those things, no, I mean, and, and that here's the thing is as, as a cop perspective, um, this is how I felt sometimes is you, you got jaded to it you know because you dealt with it so much but Mm -hmm. you know even like an incident where we deal with those folks that are wanting to commit suicide even by cop or Mm -hmm. i mean i've had you know in those incidents you can remember every every detail um you know uh, i had a lady that wanted me to shoot her i mean so bad with a knife inside of a mcdonald's 
and you know she finally dropped the knife and you know i asked her you know what are you doing you know what's going on she goes i just lost my daughter and i wanted you to kill me you know and so you're like dang but you know we we took her down to and, and got you know got her help mm -hmm. you know didn't didn't take her to jail we didn't right. do any of that we yeah. we transported her i transported her down to our mental hospital mm -hmm. so um and then as a cop you don't get to see the end results right and that's what stinks is we go call to call to call to call mm -hmm. we go assess it you know take care of it and then we move on to the next call mm -hmm. you know just like that right i mean where i almost shot her took her life take her down to the uh to the mental hospital to get her help mm -hmm. then after that i am i know nothing right you like, know i don't I'm know like, how she turned out i don't yeah. know how she turned out and hopefully she did hopefully right. she found the help that she needed right. you know and you know had another incident too where you know a guy had a butcher knife and right at his chest and he was pushing it in mm -hmm. you know um i took action and uh saved his life i mean i got to find out later that by the doctor that if it would have went in just a quarter inch more he would have died right, right. Um, but then i got to see him out on the streets like a few weeks later you know mm -hmm. so i'm like okay well, i guess he's fine you know hopefully he right. found the help or yeah you know well, um but you know with those with those things on there you, you deal with those as an officer and you go to call to call and you deal with a suicide to a domestic violence to everything and you do it for so many years that you almost get jaded to it. You're just, okay. You just know, let's another go, day. Just another day. Okay. You wanted to kill yourself. Let's go. And sometimes we need to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. And because that particular person might need our help at that time to save their life. Right. 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 You know, and you, you deal with it on a daily basis as well. Mm -hmm. The next person is, 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 is a, is a new problem mm -hmm. right and we got and we got to stop what we're doing right. and help that individual because we might be able to help them mm -hmm. save their life well one of those instances of, that you had i don't know if it was one of those but one of them that you've told me you got in trouble for not shooting a person mm -hmm. but from what i'm what I, the story you just told and my thought is we're so busy Mm -hmm. there's rules and regulations yeah jump jump fast go to the next thing mm -hmm. but you spend in a couple of minutes save somebody's life if if we just pour out the love and take a little forget this fast-paced stuff back to right. simplicity like yeah. i always yeah. go to right the right thing comes out of it right in the end well, yeah well for both both incidents both incidents <laughs> well one of them one of them was i got i kind of got in trouble for because i here yeah i'll tell it i mean i i tased the guy that had his that had the knife in his chest mm -hmm. right and i dropped my taser went over there grabbed the knife and you know got you know took care of business well after that i got in trouble for that you know, when did we teach you to drop your taser? When did we teach you to, you know, to, to go in there and, and grab a knife from somebody? I don't know. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I'm alive. He's, he's alive. alive. He's alive. I'm alive. Right. You is know, it? this is, this is, this is what we had to do, yeah. you know? And, and, and even with the lady in, at the McDonald's, you know, when they review the video, they're like, man, you could have shot her. Why? I mean, how come you didn't, you know? I, I, and I told, and I told the supervisor this, I said, I'm going to be very honest with you. 
I wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. I didn't fear for my life. Right. I had other plans in my head that if she would have just came forward just a little bit, what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, when you sit back and you realize what you have in front of you, you look at the threat, right? And that's what we're trained. We got to eliminate the threat, eliminate the threat. And you take a minute and go, what is my threat? What is my backdrop? Where am I? What are we doing here? Cause I, I mean, at the time, yes, my gun's out. Got one at gunpoint. You know, she has a butcher knife inside of a McDonald's. There's tons of people in there. The first thing that went through my head was my backdrop. Mm-hmm. And there was a lady and two kids back there. You know, it was more of get them out of the way. I don't know what she's going to do. And then once my backdrop was clear, it was okay. She wants attention. Really. If you're just going to stand there and she is a bigger lady, it was, I'm just going to kick you. (laughs) You know what I mean? That was going through my head. Right. I'm like, I'm just going to kick you because it feels to me and my, and you know, you know, our gut feeling or, you know, the Holy spirit or, you know, it's more like maybe, you know, more of the Holy spirit just saying me telling me you're good. You're good. You're not going to worry about it. Don't worry. Don't kill her. Yep. You know, be very firm in your commands and she's going to drop the knife. But society, your training, just in general, the world has taught us to look at the threat. 21 feet with a knife. Boom. Okay, you're gone. But it it needs to be personable. We have to be personable with everyone around us. Every situation situation is different. different. Every single one. But they don't train us to think that way, our society or anything. That costs. That costs. And And that's the problem. Like what goes with costs. You know, I have have a lot of situations um, where I feel like I have to justify my time with patients sometimes. And that gets really on my nerves a little bit. But... Yeah, why were you with that patient for two hours where, you know, you should be on the next one now? Well, and the thing of it is, is, you know, whenever I have people that come in that need to talk or they have crisis situations or it feels like a crisis in their world, I'm going to sit and take the time. I'm going to take the time. And, you know, I've had I've had patients and their spouses arguing in my office and, you know, and just trying to, you know, be there and be sensible. But, you know, I get questions. Why? Why? Why did you take so long? Oh, well, yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, it'd be different if I had a crisis in the lobby waiting on me. You know, I would have to triage and see which one I go to next, mm-hmm. you know, like or whatever. But right. I had time and I took the time and, and I don't I I mean, I am very much I will, you know, ask for forgiveness later. I, I will I will do what I have to do to help that person in that moment. I don't care. Yeah. And I've seen matter. officers do that. <laughs> and I've done it myself where, you know, you're out there dealing with an individual. Mm hmm. And there's calls that are coming out or there's calls that are waiting that you take that extra minute, extra yeah. 30 minutes, extra hour with that individual. And now when you know you walk away, you're not coming back. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and maybe you've, you've <laughs> yeah, eliminated it, future problems. Right. We right? could have. I mean, you don't know. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I think a lot of officers deal with too, is that you don't get to see that. And that's what, and that's what stinks. And that's a burden on that officer. But you know, back to that knife thing too. Like I'm a big officer safety guy too. And, you know, we had rookies that come on and say, yes, we are going home at the end of the night. That is what's in your mind. Mm -hmm. But we take that, you know, sometimes you don't have that extra second to think, right? I mean, yes, there's situations where you don't, you, you, you revert back to training. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you got, and you got to eliminate the threat. You have to, 
but there's some times that you can sit back and go, I'm going to take a half a second. What do I have? Okay. Okay. Well, she's there. They're just screaming for attention. Now we're going to handle a little bit different. That's being personable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, That's letting the Holy spirit work. The through Holy you. spirit work through you and tell you whether you have that second or not. Right. Yeah. right. It's the same situation we run into. We have seconds to make a decision. They have days and weeks to pick apart our decision. Or years. Or years. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. So I'm years. just saying they've got more time than we they actually They do. Had. And that's yeah. why I never, I, I, I'll i tell you, even to, to even today, even being off of the, the police department, I never Monday morning quarterbacked another officer. Mm-hmm. Right? I, we watch them. videos. We see what they do. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what has happened. I don't know what was said. And when we watch these things on the news or YouTube or whatever, they're brief moments, mm-hmm. right? They're not the entire call, right. you know? So that's why even, even from today, I don't, I don't do that. I don't judge another officer for their decision. No, yeah. I've, I've, I've made it a point myself too, whenever they have, especially going back to over the last few years and seeing how they do that and show you not only will they cut it down to where it's just a clip, like, um, you can go all the way back to George Zimmerman, right? The thing that happened in, mm-hmm. in Florida, right? It, it, you, maybe you don't, didn't catch or didn't notice this, but right away when they first, re- everything was hitting up and they were releasing it, they trimmed the audio recording that they released in a couple of spots, just eliminating a few words that were said to make it sound worse than it was. Mm-hmm. Literally, ju- literally edited it to cut out words that were said when he was calling the police about what was going on to make it sound like he just targeted some random person where there was way more in the call. And again, that was done intentionally. They do that intentionally. They They do do that because they want to inflame people. You have to go immediately find the whole context, the whole video and watch it. I mean, you have the whole video though. You still don't have it all. No, you you never will. You never will. But you don't have the smell. You don't have Um, the sound that's behind you. You don't have the whole situation. I'll I'll probably get somebody mad with this one, but I've watched the entire George Floyd (laughs) video. Okay. You watch it close. He ain't kneeling on that guy's neck. He is kneeling on his, his right shoulder blade. Right. The coroner has stated that he did not die of asphyxiation. He did not die of any damage to the neck. He actually died of a drug overdose of fentanyl. Okay. Now I'm going to piss some people off saying that. (laughs) If you watch that entire, because they never show the whole video. They only show one part where it looks like his knees real close. And then they say, oh, the nine minutes, the nine minutes. Watch the whole darn video. Mm -hmm. Right. This guy was saying he couldn't breathe while he was sitting in the police car. Right. So, again, I don't blame those officers at all. I think it's insane what they've done to that person because they've used the media to control the narrative to control. This guy was practically was committing suicide by cop. He he ate he the, when the cops came up, he was chewing on a speedball of of uh, I think it was cocaine and fentanyl mixed mm-hmm. together. And he took so much in. He had a he had a lethal dose in his system. That's what he was dying of. Right. But again, they clipped it. They trimmed it and they turned it into this different thing. I don't mean we're getting a little off topic with that, but still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that it's, it's, that's, but that's also what is happening to a lot of these people who are becoming suicidal. They're thinking these things about society. They're thinking these things about themselves because they see trimmed, edited, curated. They don't see They're not getting the whole story. They don't hear mm-hmm. the whole story. They, they don't. Mm-hmm get the you, they're not going to get better from watching tv or watching right. movies or any of that it's people it's interaction with people mm-hmm. you got to I mean, get them to go to church mm-hmm. get them to come to church and just mm-hmm. get to be in a bunch a group of christians right you, you'll never find a, a yeah. find a good church yeah. you'll never find a good group of people who will love on you more <laughs> right. than you get them into a church well 
Well, and I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, I try to build a rapport with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I always do. I mean, I, I just, whatever, wherever they're at, I'll get on that level with them. And, and I feel like whether it, however it is, I'm led to, you know, ask them about their faith in certain times. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, it's hard for me to just say, just just give it to God and all of those things in those moments. Right. right. Because right. that, that seems like a very simple answer. It is a very simple answer. Yes. We can do that. We know we can do that. But in those moments, I feel like, you know, I don't need to throw that in on top of whatever we're going through. Let's, let's go, you know, get to the bottom of that and see. And then eventually after, you know, you know, I've invited several veterans to church and some of them's come. So, you know, right. it's, the Holy Spirit will tell yeah. you when it's the time to say it, right? right. You have to lean and, on that. For and I sure. just, you know, like, I, I definitely don't want to ever beat somebody over the head with, well, this is how you should be or this, you, your life would be so much better if you right. would just come to church and, and, right. and love the make, Lord and make it give sound your, so judgy. Yeah. but you just yeah. do exactly what, what Nathaniel said, just come and see, right. yeah. you, just come and see, come and see. what's, what's the worst that can happen. You right. come to church. And when you deal with those situations too, and I've dealt with those, it, it's little steps at a time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. all at once and you're going, man, you're this or you're that, you shouldn't be doing this. And you know, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. throw the Bible in there and I'm going to say that, you know, you should be a Christian right now. No, we got to talk to them like Jesus. Right. That's going to overwhelm them. Right. It's going to shut them down yeah, and absolutely. you'll never get back. You'll never get through their wall. Right. Yeah. Cause most of us have a wall mm-hmm. and a lot of us do. And to get that wall down, mm-hmm is little steps at a time right right, right. And, and and where i'm at in a clinic setting and i have outpatient mental health services there and i'm i see these patients every at, at least every every six months a lot of them every two to three months i'm seeing them and they're coming back in and they know they can call and and you know it's just definitely like just trying to build that relationship with them mm-hmm. in order to be able to minister that to them and you know just to try to understand them and and like see where they're coming from and and also you know feel their pain with them i tell you um it's crazy whenever when i had first after we lost gracie and um, i went back to work um like two weeks after i went back to work and you know you know you just everything's still so raw and so horrible and so you know not even i didn't want to be there i remember the first day going to work and leaving jed i was just like I mean, every ounce of my body wanted to stay there. I didn't mm-hmm. want to, I did not want to go back to work. And then I got back to work and a little by little, but I remember within, I think it may have been the first week that I was back. I had a couple in my office that were in, you know, they were having trouble and, and, and he was having a lot of trouble and, you know, and I just for, I don't even remember why the conversation come up, but you know, I know that God put them right there for me, I'm supposed to be helping them. And, and he put them there for me because they had shared, you know, they had asked me something that brought up the conversation about losing a daughter or they had told me about losing their daughter. And I was like, I mean, it just, it shook me. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I just actually, you know, this just happened to us. And, um, but you know, I, I just feel like, you know, God is always working in everything that we do every day. And if if we can just sit and look and, and try to learn and how, how can we, you know, help people. And like in that moment, I was just like, Oh my gosh, it was just like, those people were sent to me to help me. Mm -hmm. And you know, those kind of things. But Randy, 
Oh, yeah, I haven't said anything tonight. No, he has some quotes over there. No, no, but. no, I don't need quotes. I was just going to, you know, <laughs> like, because I know you've shared, like, in other conversations about stuff whenever you were in the jail and you, did, you didn't want to. I'm calling you out. I'm sorry. I'm all what about do you want? this. What do you want? Well, you, you, I'm awake. What do you want? Yeah. You had, you had mentioned, you know, some situations where some pretty bad stuff. And you don't have to. I'm just. No, I'm trying to think of a couple things. The interview has changed. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to interview her, yeah. and now she's interviewing us. She's well, actually, it I, went, I, went yeah. through, I went through two uh, fellers trying to commit suicide, and that was the first time I've ever seen stuff like that. Uh, both stuff around their throats and suffocating. Uh, luckily, at that point, it wasn't me by no means. It was god himself giving me the strength to rip the things off their necks and it was everything i had to do that but as far as that the actual act really didn't bother me but it was just more of the why would you do things like that mm-hmm. you know and like i said you can't just jump in and decide to judge you know yeah. but you talk to the people afterwards and you know of course they got issues but you know it's one of those deals it's just like I don't even know if I had the strength to even do that my own self, you know. And, and mm-hmm. I've got a quote for that too, but it's one of those deals. It's if you're strong enough to do different things, you're strong enough to pull it out of it as well. So, yeah. um, as far as those two situations, really never got any answers. Like you, you were saying, never really end up seeing where they went. But mm-hmm. uh, just knowing that they're still breathing, you know, it was one of those kind of right, you know wasn't their time it was you know supposed to be me to be there you know mm-hmm. type deals but as far as I, I never had anybody come to me and talk to me about all that stuff usually usually we had pretty good I wouldn't say inmates but we had inmates that would come talk to you if there was issues and mm-hmm. there's never been any of those types but yeah. these two just happened to have been uh, one pretty well got his sentence to go on, and the other one had some family issues. And uh, right, if you ju- if you drill down in and and you figure out why why are they in those spots? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's things that you know we encounter in our daily lives, and other people encounter, and and maybe in some of that, you know, they've made poor decisions, and and all of this stuff keeps compounding on mm-hmm. them, and keeps just you know, falling down on them and it just feels like there's no way out and they, they can't seem to make that turn. And, and so, you know, unfortunately suicide is a viable option for a lot of them. And whenever you're an inmate in a jail, you know, um, that, that happens a lot. Um, you know, and it's, it's just not, but if you can understand and if you can get to that, you know, level of trying to empathize with people and, and put yourself where they're at, and you know think about you know what if i had lost what if i had lost my job and i was living paycheck to paycheck and now i've lost my wife Mm -hmm. um she's she's left me because i lost my job you know and you know all these things are compounding one thing on top of another and you know now my kids won't talk to me because my wife is mad at me and you know all the all these different things that happen to people in their lives and it just keeps pounding and, and piling up and if you can you know, just take a minute to talk to them. I mean, I just, I love talking to people. It doesn't matter who, right. what, when or where. I just yeah. love it. So I'll, I'll tell you a story about the one that 
I struggled most about trying to get stuff off his neck. But his first words when he took his first grasp of the air was, I'm sorry. And I thought, well, you ain't bothering me any. I mean, I'm just here doing my job. That's just it, you know. Well, the whole time we were getting him out of the cell going on down, it was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it's like, dude, calm down, you know. Save your breath and, you know, use it for your own energy. He went to the hospital and come back, and it's, he's like, I'm sorry. I said, well, quit telling me you're sorry. What's the problem? And this whole time I was not necessarily, I wasn't in an investigation, but I was in an investigation because somebody broke into my car and took my duty belt and all my other stuff. <laughs> It was him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was him the whole time, and he was apologizing yeah. to you. And I'm like, hmm. hmm, we'll be talking soon. More. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, wait, and I just saved yeah. your life. Yeah. <laughs> so you you want to talk about grace? I had to sit there and think for a second. It's like, yeah. I forgave this guy and didn't even know I did. I can't say I saved his life. That's not my deal. But uh, I'm just saying it, it's it was a funny outcome at the end of right. it. Right. You're so, like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's, the Lord works in mysterious yeah. ways. Oh, I yeah. don't think that's in the Bible, is it? Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not, at all. not exactly. Not exactly. But it, <laughs> not exactly. But yeah, but, that's that's one of the good outcomes of that story was, you know, I didn't actually get the full story until one of his little partners in crime came in and told me all about it after he was in the hospital. Because I actually, he was the one that turned everything in, and mm-hmm. I thought it was him. And, yeah. But it was one of those deals, they were partners in crime, and he was actually the one that was in my car. Oh, my gosh. I was like, yep. That figures, right? You're welcome. I'm yeah, going back here for a minute before I do something <laughs> I was supposed to do. Before I get mad. Well, yeah. You so. know, and like um, today, well, I don't guess I should say today, but, you know, every single day I have to ask, you know, questions, um, you know, screening questions. And, you know, um, I have to ask about, you know, are you currently having any thoughts of suicide or homicide? And, you know, um, a lot of times it'll be very common. And um, in one in particular instance, um, the answer was no, but thank you for asking. And I immediately stopped and I was like, so, you know, that made me think, okay let me tell you this, you know, I know sometimes I speak out of turn or whatever, but you know, I was very much like, um, I said, you know, the thing about it is, is suicidal thoughts are more common than you think. Um, and you know, like I said, I, you know, I've been a Christian since I was 16 years old and a year and a half to two years ago, I was having these thoughts. Um, and so, those things can still come into our minds being down depressed hopeless those things can still come into our minds even though we have god you know it can still come into our lives um and so just to try to be aware of that and to talk about it it's not taboo it's not you know just to be able to to speak to someone about how they're feeling you know and and just to be there like that means so much more and sometimes too just don't say anything. You don't have to say anything. Just be there. Right. If they want to talk, that's fine. If they don't, you yep. know, just be in there. I've, I've like, heard, know, letting them know you care. Right. And I've heard one of the things you can do too to help keep them talking is always to, you know, those questions like, oh yeah, what is it that makes you say that? Or, you know, what is it that makes you feel that way? Just keep asking, you know, make yeah. them explain what they just said because mm-hmm. often, you know, you're sitting there, how do I respond to this? What do I say mm-hmm. to this? What do I say? That was, oh really? Okay. Oh, what is it that makes you feel that way? Or what yeah. is it that makes you say that? Mm-hmm. 
um, those are great response questions that can actually get them to to maybe themselves they don't even realize why they just said what they said right you know well i'm completely useless well really what is it that makes you say that right because that's that's what you need to find out you need to find out the why yeah and that takes time yep Mm -hmm. it takes the it takes the desire to and the care to actually want to have that conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and and in those moments it can mean you know the difference between life and death you know it absolutely absolutely can yeah especially with us men too we're not going to show you feelings we don't talk about feelings <laughs> right exactly <laughs> right yeah, oh my gosh right. <laughs> yes and exactly. so i mean to bust down that wall is going to take a lot hmm. right and you have to ask the right questions in the right way and just mm-hmm. you know it's it's the same thing like going to a call, right? I mean, we've learned that. We've learned to how to how to talk to people, because if I can get you just to think a little bit differently, you're not going to kill me, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I can change your mindset just for a second, mm-hmm. then I know you're going to think about something else and not just I'm going to kill. Oh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure you've run into it too, and in being a police officer, uh, that that. Uh, one of the warning signs is when someone's repeating the same thing, like the exact same thing over mm-hmm. and over and over and over, like, yeah, you know, do it, do it, do it, right. do it. And you're like, oh, like, I mean, that's like, they're, that's, that's that, they're already snapped. Like, they're already right. ready to go. And that's when you got to figure out how to de escalate quick because it's about it's to go that, off. It's either that or it's the quiet one. Yeah. Or not saying anything. Not yeah. saying nothing. Yeah. And you can see him I right. And you judge. can see him he's right. The quiet one. And you can see him right in their eyes. No, no, he's smiling. They're, they're right. quiet and not smiling. Yeah. The quiet smiling ones are usually okay. Right. So, they're just over so there just smiling away. Derek is the good, the good cop, bad cop doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, back to one of your previous statements about this is a sad conversation or situation. I, I was reading something today when I was looking up some quotes and stuff, and it says, "This wouldn't be such a sad, depressing conversation if we just talked about it more." Absolutely. Right. And Absolutely. When you do talk about it, it doesn't have to be a sad, depressing conversation. Very mm-hmm. good, Rudy. I like. So that. Yeah. I was sitting there reading. I was like, when you said that, I was like, why? Why are we making it sad? I mean, mm-hmm. we're having a conversation with somebody, and then what we're supposed to do? Yeah. We're just. We're supposed to, I mean, I don't want to call it a job, but that's our job. We, we right. share the gospel. Right. We talk to people. You know, that's yeah. just what we're supposed to do. So why should that be a sad situation? You right. Know? Well, but I, yeah, and I get it what you're saying. And, it, and it, that kind of reminds me of whenever I was at that conference um, in San Antonio. It was it was a combat PTSD conference. Um, and one of the guest speakers was a uh, Vietnam veteran. Amazing, amazing man. Carl Marlentes, um, a book writer. He was a... Um, he was actually a rogue scholar. He went to Oxford University, and um, he didn't have to be drafted because he was in college. And part of the draft is you didn't, if you were in college, you didn't have to go to the Vietnam War. But he decided that he did not, you know, did not want to be that. He didn't want to let his privilege take away because you know he had friends that were going, mm-hmm. and he went, and he wound up being in the Marines. And he he told some horrific stories, and one of them, was, you know, was definitely having to take a, the life of a kid, and he was trying to negotiate with this kid that couldn't understand him, um, and and you know, different language, and and the kid had a grenade um, and was about to throw it into the you know, and he's within twenty feet of this of this child, and he has to make the decision to take this kid's life and he said he's never been the same since of course not right but um what made you know whenever you were saying about how you know why does it have to be sad and depressing he was talking about how his his current wife um would uh kind of make jokes with him like you know she would know 
whenever something wasn't right or, you know, this or that. And, um, she would kind of make light of it and be like, Oh, did you take your medicine today? You know, and that would kind of, you know, and he would kind of try, try to always have that fun, positive spirit towards it. And, just, you know, try to make a little bit of light of it. Of course, you know, he had some terrible tragic times until he's at that point because he did get, he did reach out and he did get the help that he needed and those kind of things. Um, and you know, I've seen, I've seen so many veterans be incredibly angry. Um, anger is one of the biggest emotions that come out. They're either completely reserved and don't care. Um, or, you know, anger is, is one of the biggest emotions that I see. And, you know, I, I, I used to tell Joe, you know, the angry ones are my favorite. You know, I just, <laughs> I just love to get to the middle of that and just, you know, try to figure out what's, what's bothering them. And, you know, I always, you know, kind of tell people if you're angry, typically you're fearful of something or you're grieving something. So, you know, I, I kind of compare it to like with Colby or my son. You know, if I'm angry at him for like a bad grade, I'm worried about his future. I'm worried that, you know, I'm, I'm scared that he's going to mess up his life because he's got a bad grade, you know, just different things like that. But that's, you know, if you think about something that you're angry about, think about what are you scared of or what are you grieving? What's, you know, what, what is that? So mm-hmm. that's just kind of another little. But also, I, I mean, I would, I've already told you this before. I think your job would be pretty fun as far as talking to people, you mm-hmm. know, and getting but I'd use different tactics and you, we've talked about that, <laughs> but Derek can probably, I mean, all this, but Derek can probably say under times of stress, you throw that book out and you basically do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Not everything's goes by the book. Right. Absolutely. So you have to learn your book, but you also have to discard it and learn your way around what your job's doing as well. Mm-hmm. And that's just, just experience i'm not saying i'm a pro at it or anything i'm just saying as far as that especially working in law enforcement fields and your fields you're i would assume just i'm not saying you but i'm saying within what i've done you start just going off on like bible thumping you just start going on something people are going to shut you out i mean i would assume if somebody's sitting here you're just saying what's your suicidal thoughts what are you doing this Oh, They're yeah. going to shut can, down. Yeah, you you can make them mad. I mean, yeah. one of my first experiences, um, whenever I first took the job, um, somebody had repeatedly asked too many questions about, you know, thoughts of suicide and this and that. I mean, this person was out the door in a minute, cussing up a blue streak at everybody in the office, and I was following them out the door. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, because I felt like this was the minute that we were going to have – a suicide on our property. I really thought that was going to happen. Um, I was scared to death and I just remember, I just remember just, you know, looking this person in the eye, like whenever I caught up to this person, I, I, I caught up to, to this person and I stopped him and I was like, wait, I was like, please don't, you know, because I mean, he was that man. He was very much, um, suicidal and, and just like, I remember looking him in the eyes and just tears in my eyes. I'm like, please don't do this. I mean, I just, this was like a month into my job, you know, being in mental health. And I'm like, oh my goodness. But he very much was just like, I'm not, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be safe. And, and, you know, and, and it, and it all worked out, but I was just like, goodness gracious, you know, all of those, you know, what if I hadn't went out there, you know, like I, I questioned that, you know, and I, I'm not saying that I did anything spectacular, but I just, I cared enough to go out there and see if I could help. Nobody else did. So. Yeah. 
that's that's where I was going with it was sometimes that book is going to make the situation go wrong. Right. And was it smart for me to go out there? Probably not. I mean, I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> right. I didn't care. It didn't matter to me. I was, it didn't matter. Well, luckily the Bible doesn't say do what's smart. <laughs> it says do what's right. <laughs> yep. Right. Just, just do what's just right. Just love them. Well, that's yep. all I care about. Just love them. Well, I guess, you know, a slight pivot to if you want to chat a little bit about what do you think about what's going on up uh, north on the northern side, our northern neighbor with their, you know, government paid for an assisted suicide program they have up there. You know, I'm sure you've heard some of the stories. I don't know if you guys talk about it around your office, but, you know, there's stories from this last year. Uh, uh, one of the veterans from Canada was trying to seek aid and she, they were, they were, I think it was a lady and they were, they, they couldn't get her the equipment she needed in time so she was in a lot of pain and they literally said well have you thought about suicide they well, are they are pushing mm -hmm. suicide mm -hmm. on people in canada really? yeah well, and, and wow. they'll pay for it and the thing of that is is i think isn't it oregon that oregon um, has it as well i think oregon has a assisted physician assisted yep mm -hmm. canada is the first one where it's government sanctioned assisted legal suicide if wow. you want up to it's 18 now but they're trying to push it back as far as 16. wow mm. yeah that's but nuts. they want to push us away for trying to save them with this bible oh yes we're, we're, <laughs> right we're wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah they this lady literally called and i think if i remember right it was because the, she needed like a stair lift she needed to get a stair lift put in because she couldn't get into the the her place and it had been months and months and they just you know because the va is doing the best they can but it is a giant ball of craziness right it takes forever to get anything done and i'm sure in canada it's probably worse but she yeah they she called and she called in again and she's saying this is you know i can bear you know i can't live i can't use my play what am i supposed to do and literally the person on the phone was have you thought about suicide wow she's I, like no yeah. why don't you just give me my stuff right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. well and that you know i haven't studied that or listened to any of that i just i just know that that has been you know physician assisted suicide is legal in oregon is my understanding and they do know, have some caveats on it there which are slightly different because i know up in canada depression is legal you be like i'm depressed i'd like to kill myself and they'll say okay yeah yeah that's i mean that seems crazy you know, to and, me and what's what's interesting you know in, in our ptsd screening questions like you know post-traumatic stress disorder you know ptsd can apply not just to military personnel just everybody in everyday life you can mm, oh yeah. you can suffer from ptsd and one of the screening questions is have you ever had a loved one die by homicide or suicide and you know like that act of suicide is you know has a ripple effect across you know so mm -hmm. long you know you have you your loved ones will will have trauma from losing you in that way and so you know it is i i i don't agree with with the physician assisted suicide i don't agree with with pushing it by any means um my question for you guys um <laughs> is do you do you think um I mean, I'm surprised somebody hasn't already asked me this. Um, but, I mean, do you think if someone commits suicide that they're going to go to heaven if they're a Christian? Yes. Mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. Okay. It's a sin. Right. It's not, but sins don't keep you out of heaven right. Nope. Mm -hmm. if you're saved. Right. If you're a Christian, if you're really a Christian, mm -hmm. right? That's that's. It says that all over again. Hold on. Back to Romans 8. Wait. It, <laughs> we didn't. We, I didn't read the, the, the first line of Romans 8 because that's... that's just as important as the last line of Romans 8. Because the very first line of Romans 8, there is therefore now no 
condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. It didn't say, and a little. It didn't say there's not much. Mm -hmm. It said, no, there is no condemnation. There's no wiggle room there. There's no, there's no squeaking around. It's like, oh, no condemnation, except for if you do this thing or that right, thing, right. or don't say that thing at the right time. So all None those words it. are translated, right? Yep. Oh. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? And I know, again, back to that, it's, you can't, the, even if you said to them, because you know, you don't, you don't want to in that moment be like, well, Romans 8, 1 says, because it doesn't come off the same way. You know, you know, you know what God says? God says there's no condemnation to anyone who believes in me, because that's what he says. Right. There is no condemnation. No matter what you've done, God will not condemn you for it if you believe in him, mm -hmm. if you love him, right? That's a, it is a get out of jail free card for sure, right. Right? right? And getting someone to believe that is the hard part, but that's that simple line, that one verse right there. No condemnation. No condemnation right. whatsoever. Now right. again, um, I'm not saying that it makes it okay to commit suicide either, right? You will have to answer for that. God is going to, you know, we, we, that is something I firmly believe is even all of us Christians will have to talk to God about all of our sins. We will not be judged for them, but we will have that, you know, we're going to have that come to Jesus moment, as they say, right. you know? Right. Well, what about, what about Judas? That's a tough one because it doesn't say doesn't say i've said before if i get up there and he's up there in heaven i'm not gonna be mad why would i be mad about that right i don't i i've heard plenty of people say i don't think he is and i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put any qualifiers on god whatsoever but right. at the same time he never they, he never repented in the bible right mm -hmm. that's not why he went to hell not because he committed suicide mm -hmm. right he committed he apparently went to hell because he he betrayed jesus and never repented for that mm -hmm. right so if he would have repented for what I've done and then committed suicide, I don't know how anyone would have argued he isn't in heaven right Because now. that is the first part of being saved. Yeah. Is the repentance. Is the repentance. Mm -hmm. yep. Right there. Yep. If you sin and don't want to not sin, I don't think you're in Christ. Right. If you sin and don't want to sin, then you're in Christ. It doesn't mean you stop sinning. It means you don't want to. And it still keeps happening. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to. Right. Right. Because that's, we don't, you know, right before that verse there's no condemn there's now no condemnation that is where paul goes into his whole the you know i know what i want to do but i don't do it i know what i don't want to right, do but right. i do it he goes through even though i am saved the spirit of god is in me and i mm -hmm. know what is right but so is the flesh still in me too right right and so i still fail to the flesh mm -hmm. that is why we must die to it every single day right because if we don't we will slowly be more and more and more in the flesh as we go along. And that, I think that happens to all Christians. There's little ebbs and flows in our, in our walk, in mm -hmm. our, on our quest to become more like Christ mm -hmm. and to live more of that life where we give instead of take, right? right. But human, our human nature, we always want to take. We just want to take constantly, yeah, take be, what's ours. Yeah, be very selfish too. Right? right, right. And I know, again, you don't want to say that to them, but then when they do say it, there's a reason they say, call it taking your own life. Mm -hmm. And it is in, 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 in a grand scheme of things, it is kind of a selfish act to do because you're saying to everyone else, there's nothing else you can do. I'm not saying you tell that to the person, right, right. In the moment, right. but yeah. in the moment, but at the same time it is because mm -hmm. you're saying that I, you're going to tell everyone else mm -hmm. what they believe at that point. 
well, you're going to yeah. tell everyone else mm -hmm. that no you don't actually care about me no you don't actually love me no you're not going to miss me this mm -hmm. is not going to hurt anyone else in any other way mm -hmm. right whereas you can talk to anybody who knows anyone who's committed suicide personally you'll never forget right you never right. forget you never forget the guy who right. introduced me to my wife committed suicide now maybe it was a drug overdose so mm -hmm. it could have been accidental that's hard to say i wasn't there mm -hmm. but right. i mean yeah yeah and, and and like also though i go back to whenever people are in those moments they're not thinking clearly whatsoever you no. know they're not no, they're not so and and i i truly believe that it is not I, I feel it, it appears selfish whenever you think about it, but in those moments, I mean, they just, what, and maybe they just want the pain to end, mm -hmm. the terrible pain that they're having, the horrible voices that are in their head constantly, no matter what kind of medications they're getting and things like that to help with that. Um, they're not perfect. And, 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 you know, people aren't always telling us everything that's going on with them. And we, we can't, you know, I look Every single time I encounter something like this, I look back and I'm like, what could we have done different? You know, you do the, what could have been, you know, what, what do we call that? We debrief and we mm -hmm. like, what happened? Why did we miss something? What did we miss? How could we do better? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you beat yourself up over that because, I mean, that's a life. You know, right. that is a life that was lost. And if we miss something, my gosh, you know, if, you know, and so just trying never to miss anything and, and and trying to just be there in those moments and being just aware you know when you were talking about signs of like people you know what are some signs and one of the one of the screening questions for for depression is you know in the in the last two weeks have you been bothered by having little interest or pleasure in doing things that you enjoy so you know if somebody likes to go hunting or fishing and then they slowly stop doing that and they stop you know those kind of things and um you know, feeling down, depressed, or mm -hmm. hopeless, you know, those kind of feelings that they have, those are true, you know, definitely signs of, of depression and worsening. And of course it goes into more screening, um, you know, suicidal thoughts. And do you have a plan? And, you know, what is that plan? And have you ever attempted suicide before in your life? Um, you know, I don't know what statistics are, but you know, if someone has attempted suicide before in the past, especially within the last three months, I mean, that's, those are huge red flags. You gotta, you gotta, you know, make some interventions right away and, and try to, you know, help keep them safe. And so, you know, just being more aware and, and having an open conversation about, you know, man, you seem, you seem pretty down. Like, why didn't you come to podcast last week? You know, or what, you know what I mean? <laughs> we haven't seen you in a month or I was hunting. I know. <laughs> in a tree right. house. Did you call that hunting? <laughs> Air <Aaron> quotes. Hunting. <laughs> yeah. I had somebody the other day that um, was talking about how they got a 16 point buck and was teasing their friend about how he hadn't gotten one in, you know, the last two years hadn't gotten any, anything, a 16 point buck. And, and they were like, you know what? The problem is, is, is he told his friend that hadn't had got a, had had a, had not gotten a buck. Um, he goes, the difference is, is that you're a hunter and I'm a killer. So you're a hunter. <laughs> you're yep. just a hunter. <laughs> yeah. I, I about hit a six point this morning going through the mm. small town of Siloam and I was going to call you and say, at least I got one. <laughs> <laughs> but we crossed paths at a different second yeah. so Ooh, yeah you know when i went and picked up the headphones uh when you were out there there was two deer in your yard so i was eating <laughs> breakfast this morning and a six point walked right across the kitchen window and i was like 
Well, good thing you had your AR on your back like mm. usual. You just well, pulled not, it up. It's not gun season yet. <laughs> yeah, but, no, okay, uh, okay. Uh, but I was like, man, do I hurry and get the crossbow? And I'm like, mm, they feel hurry. safe there. They're, They're safe. safe there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make them more safe here. So when we set everything up. <laughs> right. And then there'll funny. be eight points and 10 points, right? right. That's funny. He thinks he's going to hurry. <laughs> so let, let, let me ask you a question and this is going to open a can of worms here because i want to ask you let's reverse the roles and point at you for a minute okay you have to hear all these stories and hear all these confessions mm-hmm. what kind of toll does that take on the mental health issue uh, interviewer <laughs> at that point so uh, yeah localize it to yourself and and I don't want to make this a big, huge deal, but just for statistics-wise, how does that, uh, in turn, to the mental health nurses and such, does that reflect on any suicidal on that side? Well, I mean, you know, for me, I, when I first started, when I first started this job, uh, the nurse practitioner that I work with, who's wonderful, she's amazing, she cares, she's wonderful. She said, "Lisa, you've got to remember that we." give people the tools and the resources and and the things to do to help them we we give them everything that we can we give them the medicine we give them the therapy it's up to them to utilize it um and in my first experience um not my very first experience but my first experience after taking the mental health job i i about burnt myself out on on one patient um because i was just so wrapped in uh, up in the worry the concern, not, I don't, I mean, I didn't really take it home with me, um, but I just was like, she takes everything to heart yeah. and she brings it home. Well, and she cares. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, because, I, but I mean, for me, like I, in that first, you know, real hard case, I was just like, what can we do? We got to do something different. And and I was just beating myself up, trying to come up with all of these different possibilities, making all these extra visits, trying to get this person to engage in therapy, all of those things. And I was really wearing myself out. Um, and, and this person was not engaging in therapy, was not trying to get better, not taking the medicine, not, you know, all of the things. And so, um, yeah, that definitely takes a toll. Um, it takes a toll, but yet, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I feel like it's maybe my burden to bear. Um, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like whenever I worked hospice and being able to be in those moments um, with people when they're dying and their families and being, it is a sacred place to me. Um, I feel like people pouring their soul out to you is a very sacred place to be able to be there in those moments. And, and I, I look at it as, you know, a blessing to me. I mean, I know it, it kind of sounds strange, but if there's a way that I can understand what they're going through and try to, you know, just be there in those moments and like that, I don't know, like that's where I get fulfillment in my job and being able to do those things. So, you know, I, I have, um, you know, we have a good chaplain at work that I'm able to talk to. I talk to, I talk to Jed, I talk to, um, my coworkers, you know, just trying to be able to keep my own sanity because, um, you know, after yesterday, <laughs> um, you know, I got a lot of out of boys and out of girls and all that kind of, you know, stuff after yesterday, um, because it, 
it was not a normal situation in, in our life yesterday at work. And, uh, but you know, I came back in today and then I, I get the phone call from, from the school saying, get up here. Your, your son's been hit in the face. I mean, it's been, it's been a great week. <laughs> so, um, so he's a man now. <laughs> no. Well, luckily he didn't throw the other punch. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, it was like, you know, my boss is like, girl, can you catch a break? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you ever, would you ever, you ever do like for for instance, like you know what I used to do as a cop would go on a motorcycle ride, mm-hmm. right? Just right. to, just clear to your feel head. it, clear the head. Absolutely. You know, do you do you do you do anything like that? I mean, you know, I I want to be able to get into those places where I can, like for me, it's to just be able to sit somewhere and read a book, and typically it's a book about war, which is probably not <laughs> yeah. the best thing. Um, well, you know, whatever decompresses. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or but, be very careful when you go to jump in her car because she'll drive fast and the radio's turned all the way up and she does oh, not turn yeah. it down. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one way of like you know getting out my insanity is if my radio's been cranked up way high. You know, I've had a rough time, um, and that happens kind of often, I guess. But um, you know, just and driving fast. Uh, that's not. Those are not healthy coping mechanisms. Right. Um, you drive a big box. There's no driving fast. Oh no, <laughs> no it'll go. It'll go. But you know, like just you know, trying to take more time out for myself. You know, I'd sent him a funny little video about a women's retreat or whatever, and I was like, you know, I need to do something. You know, sometimes to just kind of get away and not. But I honestly like. I want time alone, like completely alone sometimes. And, and <laughs> no, dear. I mean, you know, like, I feel like that's important. But you're okay. <laughs> you don't count. Yeah. And you wonder why I'm quiet. We've seen. <laughs> I talk a lot. Yeah. Anyway. But you have to. You got to take care of yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. if you can't take care of yourself, it's very hard to what, take care of other people. I mean, if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not effective for the people that mm-hmm. come in, in contact with me every day. I mean, I just... Um, but, you know, and I, I do, you know, it's like yesterday and the moments we were having yesterday, I, I had to stop and pray. That's all I, I mean, I, you know, still ongoing and everything. I had to pray and, and, you know, being able to, to do those things is important. And I don't know, like self-care. I don't know. I, I tried to tell my, my patients, you know, you got to take care of yourself, you know, but I, I lack in that a little bit. Practice what you preach. Exactly. Well, that's usually what you see, right? You go to your mechanic and his car needs a lot of work. And <laughs> you go to the, right. the guy who's working on your house probably has three unfinished projects at right. his place. That's right. usually what it is. The yeah. body man's driving a car that's all in different colors and yeah, the pieces missing. Yep. Exactly that's right. <laughs> it's the, all one color right the, now. The cattle <laughs> farmer's overeating at McDonald's for some reason. Right. Like he's got plenty of, yeah. we got plenty of cattle on the property. And, and, and but his freezer's empty. Yeah. Right. No Doesn't reason. make sense. Yeah, don't make sense. <laughs> but you see what happened there, Derek. She's been at us to open up more, and we just reversed the roles. No, and we, we still never told her anything, and she told us everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys. Yeah, you guys tactics. got me there. Yeah. Tactics. 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 Verbo. Uh, ver- yeah, I can't even talk. Uh, there mind. we go again. See? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Wyatt, wake up. <laughs> I'm boring him to tears over there. Hmm. Yeah, it was a serious subject. Yeah. yeah. It really was. And yeah. like you said, we we do need to talk more about it. 
I, I don't think we need to treat it as a sad situation. I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as we give that emotion in, my opinion, as soon as we give that emotion in, then we turn it into a sad situation. We need to, like you said, trigger the good thoughts. You know, like, you know, what what was you good at while you was doing that? Mm-hmm. It's not all bad while you was there. What, what good was there? Or mm-hmm. what, you know, what can we do to make this not a sad situation? And this, yeah, and this is an interesting stat too that you can look up because I and I don't know if you've heard the same thing too. I don't, I haven't looked at to verify this, but I've heard it numerous times that you look at the suicide stats for places where they don't have anything, like you know, go to South American countries where people are dirt poor, and the suicide, the suicide stats there are non-existent. Like people just don't commit suicide; they don't. It, there is something to our society. There is something to the world american culture mm-hmm. that is encouraging this right right and 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 we already know and again there's some final things i think we can throw in there one if you know anyone who's struggling i think one of the big things to do is get them off social media if you can right doom scrolling is a real thing <laughs> and right. one of the things they've shown that so i mean you think about this you go back a hundred years how many people do you think you might interact with in a single day the average person in a single day right back a hundred years ago a lot of people might even be just your family but a small handful you'd only see a few you'd talk to some people Mm -hmm. even if you knew a lot of people it wasn't that many and you talk to how many a day and say how are you what's going on with you and yeah somebody might be having a bad day somebody may have had a tragic thing happen somebody may have had a really good thing happen right but now we can sit there in an hour and go on an amazing roller coaster of amazing highs amazing lows tragedy death and they've shown that your body reacts emotionally Absolutely. to every single thing you see. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you see it for just a few seconds or you dwell on it for minutes, your body emotionally reacts to that. And we are, I think we are emotionally burning ourselves out. Oh, we are. We yeah. are overload. Yeah, oh, yeah, we are overload. You, there's the amount of stimulation you can get from scrolling through social media, right. which is why I try to just stick to memes because it just makes me laugh. <laughs> That's all I want to see. Every right. time I'm like depressing, depressed, let's get that out yeah. of that. I don't want none of that stuff. I don't want to hear sob stories. Mm-hmm. As soon as it's that slow music, right. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. There's just a, I just want to hear funny. That's all right. I want. But anyway, be wary of that social media yeah. stuff. Cause, and, well, in our teenagers too. I mean, like yep. our teenagers are so... Um, wrapped up in social media and how many and the likes depression rate. do you get yeah the depression rate is huge well, i'm gonna change that a little bit okay because i don't think it's just a teenagers that have the high numbers in that i think it's adults now because it goes if, both yeah. it goes both ways i think mm-hmm. they're i think they're even i think they're neck to neck right because mm-hmm. if you go anywhere or do anything where you're waiting mm-hmm. everybody's on their phone mm-hmm right mm-hmm. every adult is on their phone mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter like it, yeah. any 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 place that you have to wait and it's okay to be bored mm-hmm. like it's okay because mm-hmm. right. i mean i mean i went to the chiropractor today and in that waiting room what's the first thing that comes out of everybody's pocket bump they're on their phone right nobody's interacting no one's interacting yeah. except for you know i got a couple guys that we were talking you know so mm-hmm. i was like all right because I I, yeah. I I did a purpose i'm like i'm not pulling out my phone for this mm-hmm. well i took dad over to doctor's office a month ago and a big one and we were sitting there there's probably 50 people in there dad went back and i never pulled my phone one yeah. of the things i like to do is people watch right. anyway so yeah. i'm just sitting here watching everybody and the only time i pulled my phone out it was messages going in and out but i stuck it right back in my pocket i was just answering questions 
there was probably one other person that I'd never seen that didn't have a phone in their hand the whole time. Right. And I was there for an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the adults are blaming the teenagers right now. <laughs> I think they're neck and neck. Yeah, I do right. too. But, and I also think though, as adults, you know, we were, we were, we were different in that, and you know, younger adults, maybe they were brought up with social media too, but like in our age group, we didn't. we didn't have social media we did and we didn't have those influences. And I know just like in our own experience in our own house, there was a period of time where Colby was all wrapped up in, in the internet and all the things that were internet and his depression was huge. Guess what? He got grounded. Guess what? Things got better. His attitude improved, mm-hmm. you know, not being so like hung up. It's like an addiction. It really is. And, it is. and you know, you think about us, you know, I, I feel like if I didn't have Facebook, I'd be okay, but I don't know what I, you know, so but you would be. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about us growing up. What came to mind as soon as we talked about that was our addiction, I guess you can say, was we were trying to be like all the sports icons. We'd always have their jerseys. or we. Right. I'm this. I'm running like this guy. I'm playing ball like this guy. I mean, that's that's what I remember. We'd all be, you know. Everyone I wanted to be like Mike. Exa- yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I, I want to be, I I be. say that because I didn't want to be, but I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> But I'm saying that you was you our knew time. You weren't gonna be. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. I had like seven mics. No, yeah. I'm <laughs> but I'm sitting here going, you know, that was our time. We'd watch football, we'd watch basketball, mm-hmm. we'd watch whatever, and that would be our, you know, our addiction. Oh, I would. But we was out playing ball though. We were out, you know, play football and mm-hmm. look at me. I'm. We was I'm outside gonna, playing ball or yeah, doing yeah. something, oh, but even, yeah. or but, going around town. I yeah. mean. We were in summertime, me and a group yeah. of guys, we either was on our bicycles or our skateboards. We was all over he town the whole skater. summer. Well, yes, there are, there are hey, groups. It's not a crime. I will say I've, I've seen Good. some groups in pockets. There's not, it's not everybody. Cause there are some younger people who are making a conscious effort to try to do a little different. I'm not, not a lot, but I have seen it. I, especially I've seen some bit funny enough. They're making posts about it because how else do you get the information out? But right. at the same time, they're like, yeah, we're going to get together and everyone's going to put their phones down and we're going to go out and do some stuff and do some things. And the, the funny bit this guy was doing, he was just showing all these videos of these young teenage boys about why it's age going out and doing the stupid type of stuff we would do you know getting hurt because we're doing stupid <laughs> right. stuff mm-hmm. that's what boys are supposed to do go out somebody's supposed to get hurt oh gosh <laughs> that's what we that's do what, that's what he does right. i mean we we he goes out in the woods and play right right i mean it, i was gonna bring this up too um when was the last time that you know that we sat down and watched a movie together without pulling our phones out you know because you know, when we were growing up, that's what we did. You know, it was, it was like a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You know, we we would come together as a family and watch a sitcom. Yep. Right. And we did that as a family. We didn't have phones back then. We make it but, a point. But yep. now we don't do that anymore. And if we're watching a movie, we got that thing out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's we need to we need to get away from it i mean we really do you just got to make a point of it i mean that's one thing we do at at our house whenever we are doing movie time family time even if it's just wendy and i together we don't do that now we won't now we will also sit next to each other on our phones and send memes to each other for sometimes because that's like instead of watching a movie that's what we're gonna do hey this one's funny hey that one's funny hey this one's hilarious we do that don't we dear Mm -hmm. right but that's (laughs) that's, sending reels right reels exactly right (laughs) that's pretty much all we stick to though is that's why we don't go on facebook anymore 
anymore because that's a cesspool, right? We don't we don't do I don't do we don't do TikTok none of that stuff. Yeah, we I don't do have any of that. We own, the only thing we go on is Instagram because it, at least on there the the algorithm or whatever knows all we want is memes and mine is mostly Christian memes because I follow those mm-hmm. and it seems to stick to that pretty well, you know. Except it's, for that one you showed me last night. Well, yeah, that was it still came up on a Christian site. I know, funny <laughs> but, but we had that guy at our men's retreat that uh, was talking about uh, foster care. Right, mm-hmm. he was he got a, he is a director in foster care now. That he goes, I don't even have a smartphone no more. Yeah, he got right? rid of it. And so, and that's the thing though too is if we have something that we have in our lives that we pay more attention to, convenience, right? Way too. It, much it turns into an idol. Yeah. Right? Well, it turns it into an can. idol, or you know, if, if a guy has a problem with porn, mm-hmm. you know, or if a guy has a problem with something that. That's going to re-trigger that all online the time. gambling is Whatever. another one too that right. you can on do their for phone, these things too easily. Right? Get rid of it. Yep. Get yep. it well, out that, of your, you know. To me, to go back to what Ray said about the statistics of the suicide in poor countries, it's not non-existent. Everybody's poor. They're struggling to find food. They're you're, keeping their shelter. Too worried about that. They're right. hauling They're water. They're trying to stay alive. They're hauling yep. water that might have to take them two hours to go get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny? We got the most like, entitled society on the world with like the yeah, highest suicide die. rate. Yeah, That's the problem. Depression. The yeah. entitlement. We lose a job. We 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 lose something that puts us on a pedestal above someone else. And that bothers us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they're living to survive. Mm-hmm. We're living to exist, <laughs> exist and reign yep. a, a supreme above, above yeah. someone else, kind of. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and we and we've lost that sense of purpose because before yeah. your and sense of yeah, my sense of purpose today is find food. <laughs> our, our purpose, right. our purpose in this society is exaggerated, and all we need to do right. is live, love God. And love others. Right, right. Now, and, and, and everything and, would be provided for us. Everything right. be provided for us. And I know that there are there's different situations, right? Different folks are going to have oh, yeah. different things you got to do yeah. left and right. Because again, uh, I I definitely think for some people maybe it is you need to get rid of get rid of what is you know what is a, what is, Paul even says right if it's if it's your arm keeps sitting chop your arm off. I mean mm-hmm. he doesn't actually physically mean that, right? But he does mean you don't want to don't keep the temptation around if that's really your crutch, right? Yeah. Um, because, but at the same time, I'm, I'm also not one of those ones where I don't say, oh, you can't watch Harry Potter because you're a Christian or <laughs> right. you shouldn't have yeah, a TV right. or whatever. Right. And I mean, no. I work 100% from home online and like, right. you know, I'd, I'd have to have a phone to do my job. Right. But at the same time, um, you know, as I, I think I, maybe it was the podcast a few weeks ago, we were talking about it. I mean, I, I guarantee you in 20 years, it's going to be, you're going to have to have Neuralink. Otherwise you can't get a job. Right. I mean, cause that it's just going to go that way. Right. I mean, you go back when I was in high school, if I had, if you had a cell phone, everybody's like, you're a drug dealer. <laughs> right. That's what it was like back then. Mine was a pager. Yeah. I had a pager too. <laughs> <laughs> one as well. Did you have the Mountain Dew pager for meat and the Subway sandwiches? I, I never had a pager. <laughs> I had, I got, I did, I did really. I did. Oh, wow. Beep, beep. We lived, we lived about, about a two two and a half miles from a subway and i biked there so many times in the summer because they had, they were doing some deal i don't remember how many subway sandwiches you had to eat but it was like 20 of them or something like that you'd get like 20 subway sandwiches then you could fill out a thing and i got a free mountain dew pager it said mountain <laughs> dew on it and this is how awesome this pager was you had to dial an 800 number then punch in my unique six digit code that i had to give you and then you could page me 
Nice. <laughs> so it was worthless. Wow. <laughs> right. Because wow. you literally had to dial a 1-800 number, then punch in my code, and then you could page me your number. Now, I did get a few pages. I'll say that. Mostly for, probably for my mom, I think. But still, I had a pager. Well, when, when I grew up, I grew up here in town, and we'd, we moved to town when I was about five. And I never knew this until my mom passed away and her best friend showed up at the hospice house after she passed. But we lived, we was the only Christian family that lived on the hill. Hmm. Gravit uh, used to be a very large holiness community. The holiness church was right there in the school and they had dorms. Well, we lived right in the middle of nothing but holiness. And they don't, they didn't allow TV. Hmm. So they would, there was about six houses up there on the hill with us. They all would fight when mom and dad offered babysitting jobs to them. They, they'd fight over who got to come to the house because they could watch TV. I never knew it, but mom had told her best friend, when they moved to town, she said, yeah, I moved to Holy Hill. <laughs> you, were Holy you were a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. Right. You were, you were the popular house. I the had a on the top of the hill. had a 19-inch screen TV. Right. <laughs> we had a black and white that played the Atari. Yeah. yeah. Atari. We did. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We had the TV with the, you had to open up the bottom part to tune tune the knob so that it would get to the right channel, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We had the big antenna out yeah. on the fireplace and I had to go yep. out and check the turn it. <laughs> Yeah, yep. before we got the motor it. on it. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Point it to Joplin. No, point it back to Oklahoma. You remember having to take the two little metal wires to put on the back and hook the Nintendo into that thing uh, to actually get the uh, Nintendo yeah. to show up? Not yeah. There was no screws. There was no cables. No, it was like a flat bladed. Right. Yep. You had to get the screwdriver out yep. and put it on there yep. to, watch the, to play Nintendo. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Get Guys. out, boy, and change the channel. Uh, right? <laughs> Wyatt's over here going, wires? Everything's wireless here. I still got original Nintendo. That thing's cool. I, I do too. Somebody I stole too. my copy of Zelda though. That was that's the only I downside. Zelda. I, had, I don't have I Zelda. I didn't steal it from you though. No, <laughs> I had Zelda. I had my game save where I beaten the game and I had it sitting there. Somebody stole it. <laughs> so oh if you're my listening, gosh. Ray's needing that back. Yeah, I need, my, I need my golden copy of Zelda back. <laughs> well, I definitely thank you for inviting me. I don't know if it was productive or not, but I just appreciate being able to to come out and no, chat with you guys. appreciate you and appreciate what you do. God's yeah. word never returns void. There you mm-hmm. go. There God's you go. word never that. returns I just, void. Yeah, I just want to be the light and the darkness as much as I can because there's a lot of it out there. So. Yeah. And um, again, 988 uh, is the crisis line, right? I'd appreciate if you'd put yep. a, like a disclaimer, trigger warnings and stuff on the... I will. I'll let people know what we're getting into so that they don't step into it by if accident. They don't want to. Yeah. If they don't want to. And yeah, and thanks for anybody who's listening here all the way to the end and you know, we're just doing what the Holy Spirit leads us to talk yeah, about and, and go over. And I hope somebody listening to this tonight, it helps them or it helps them help somebody else. Right. You know, and, the, and then you're absolutely not alone. Please reach out in any any way. Right. Yep. You can reach out to us if you want. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Well, <laughs> What's your email, Ray? It's Ray at spiritualdebriefing.com or you can do contact at spiritualdebriefing.com. Both of those will work. So. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, just leave a comment on the video. Those, you know, I get those forwarded over to us as well. You know, we'll 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 pray for you too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, well, you guys are awesome. Appreciate what you do. You got a quote, Randy? I've got. I'll give you. I'll give you two, and then I'll be done. 
It says, if you got time to worry, you got time to pray. And then my final mm. quote here. So true. Want, did you want <laughs> yeah. to talk about that one? <laughs> it's a good uh, one. Yeah, though. is that true, Lisa? If I got time to worry, I got time to pray. Absolutely. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Heck yeah. Yep. This one's going to be a little long one here. It says, Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abusive. Or Joseph was abused. Job was bankrupt. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. And Paul was a mass murderer. Moses had a speech problem. Rahab was a prostitute. David was a murderer. Jonah was a coward. Noah, Noah was a drunk. And Peter was a liar. God still uses them to do amazing things for his glory. Mm-hmm. Still think you're too messed up for him to use you. God specializes in using broken people to do powerful things. Are you flawed? Good, because God can use you. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that's a good closer right, right there. Right. Absolutely, Ties like I right love that so much. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah, you know, I, I feel like God puts us in all those experiences mm-hmm. in order to be able to relate to other people. I mean, you know, I'm all about the realness. I tell everybody I, I used to love primary care, but I love mental health so much more because they admit they have problems and they want to talk about them, and that's what I'm there for. So. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. And we all got problems. Some more than others, I know. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, anybody else got any final words? Wyatt. Wyatt? No? <laughs> all right. All right. Well, does anyone feel called to close us in prayer tonight? I can do it. Get my, get my hat off. She's guest. <laughs> She's, the guest. She's the guest. I just asked. Anybody can do it. I'll do it. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this night tonight with these with these guys and Wyatt and just being able to to be here in this moment. I appreciate all of the blessings that you give us. Please, you know, lead us and guide us and, and show us those who are hurting and give us the time and the compassion and the heart to reach out and love them. Love them where they're at. Don't expect them to be like us. Just figure out where they are and see if there's a way that we can help them. I thank you for having this platform to be able to, to reach out to across the world. And I pray that if anybody is hurting, um, that they'll reach out to you. They'll reach out to us here and we can, we can be the ones to help them in their, in their hardest times. And I pray, um, I appreciate everything that you've given us and I appreciate you allowing me to, to be here tonight and, and thank you for my family and, and all of my friends and, and the, and the job that you have blessed me to do. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Debriefing, a podcast supported by First Baptist Church Hawassi. Please like and subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when we post new episodes, as well as check out our past episodes. We'll be posting new podcasts every other Thursday. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have questions you'd like us to answer, comments, or feedback on the podcast, please contact us through our social media or email us at dmeadows at fbchawasi.com. Thank you, and we hope God blesses your day.